Amen. We want to welcome you back to our service today. And uh, we have prayed, we have worshiped, we have sang, we have given. Amen. And now we're going to enter into the most important part of any service, and that is the preaching of the word of the Lord. And we're just so honored again to have each and every one of you with us and uh, joining with us for this virtual Sunday service today. Amen. I realize this is very different uh, than maybe what those in our church uh, are used to and uh, that we're not all together in one place as we normally are. But I would like to just say one more time, amen, that I've got faith to believe, and I just want somebody to join with me in faith that God is going to do something wonderful and something miraculous in our homes today, wherever we are joined together, that God is going to do something wonderful and miraculous in these next few moments. As we know, because of the recommendations of the White House and due to the coronavirus epidemic, our church leaders, our vision pastors, executive elders, our trustees, uh, along with myself, have made uh, the choice uh, to not gather together, uh, all of us in, in one room, in our church service as we would typically do. Uh, we are praying and we are hoping that our schedule will return to normalcy very, very soon. Uh, but this is the direction that uh, we as the leaders felt best uh, for our church family at this time. And whereas this uh, is, is, is frustrating, I know it's frustrating to me, it's, it's upsetting, it's not at all uh, the position that we would like to be in. I would like for us all to be together today, but that is just uh, impossible to do. But the thing that we need to keep in mind is that God is still in control and that God is still on the throne. I'm here. To, I, wanna, I want everyone to hear me very carefully. This epidemic has not caught God off guard. These restrictions have not caught God off guard. The news headlines have not caught God off guard. And more importantly, we need to remember this epidemic is not bigger than our God. This epidemic is not more powerful than our God. For in the middle of all of this, God is still with us. God is still has just as much power as he ever has had before, and uh, he's not lost any of that power. And I'm thankful to know that we serve a God that is still in control of all things. The book would say it like this in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Yes, yes, we need to use wisdom on how we're living. We need to use wisdom in relationship to the coronavirus and all of these things. But we are not to allow the papers. We are not to allow the reports. We are not to allow the newscast to cause us to start operating from a place of fear. And the reason is because his word has just told us to fear not for he is with us. Be not dismayed for he is still our God. So in these times of testing, our God will give us strength. And we need to understand that today. We need to put our faith and our confidence in that fact today. He will give us hope. And he will uphold us with his mighty hand of power. Unlike those who do not know the Lord, we have a hope today. You and I have a hope 
today. And we have that hope because his word says this in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We have this hope today because the word of the Lord says this in Psalms chapter 23 and verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. My friend, listen, these are days the likes of which most of us have never endured and have never experienced before. But in these valley times, in these dark valley days, we are not to fear because we have an understanding and a revelation that God is with us. And he's here to give us comfort and he's here to give us peace and he's going to give us comfort and peace in our minds and in our lives and in our families and in our homes. Yes, yes, we may be going through some valley days. We may be going through some tough times, but our hand is still in the hand of the one who created the sun and the moon and the stars. Our hand is still in the hand of the one who carved out the oceans and pushed up the mountains. Dark days might be around us, but the light of his presence is still within us. And I'm here to remind somebody that light has always overpowered the darkness, and it's going to continue to overpower the darkness even in the dark days that we live in. The light of the Holy Ghost within us, the light of the presence of God within us, the light of the peace of the Lord that is within us is greater than the darkness that may be around us. Somebody said amen. His word says it like this in Isaiah chapter 35 and verse 4. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not, Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and he will save you. So I speak according to the word of the Lord today. I speak to those with a fearful heart today what the word of the Lord has instructed me to tell you. And that is this, be strong today. Fear not today. Our God is with us and he will save us and he will be with us no matter what we go through, no matter the trial, no matter how dark this may ever get, our God is never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us, but he's going to be with us through all things. And the word of the Lord tells us, listen, that, that is not something that might happen. God being with us is not something that hopefully will happen or could happen. Those words are spoken from a God that does not, cannot lie. So we can put our faith in that confidence today. We can live out our lives based on that fact today. Be strong. Fear not. God is with us during this time. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The psalmist would say it like this. Isaiah chapter 27 and verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, when they come upon me to eat up my flesh, they're going to stumble and they're going to fall. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, then this will I be confident. I've come to preach to somebody on this Sunday that we have a confidence in a God who is our light and we have a confidence in a God who is our salvation. The Lord 
Lord is the strength of my life. I will not fear. It doesn't matter what comes against me. I will not fear. Though the enemy of worry comes against me, though the enemy of anxiety may come against me, though those spirits may be trying to attach themselves to my life, I've got a word from the Lord today, and that is this. I will not fear. Why? Because I've got a confidence. I've got a confidence in something that is not fleeting, but I've got a confidence in the God of my salvation. I'm confident in the fact that my God is still sitting on the throne. I'm confident in the fact that he still has all power in heaven and in earth. I'm confident in the fact that he is still the king of all kings and he's still the Lord of all lords. I'm confident in the fact that my God is still greater than every sickness and my God is still greater than every disease and my God is greater than every problem that you and I may be facing this day. Hear me, hear me very carefully. I realize there's a lot of fear in our world right now, but in the church there is great hope. I know there's a lot of anxiety in our world right now, but in the church there is to be a great peace. I realize there's a lot of worry in our world right now, but in the church there is a confidence in a God that cannot and does not and has never one time failed his people. And I'm here to tell somebody that's listening, if you do not have that kind of hope today, if you do not have that kind of peace today, if you do not have that kind of confidence today, then I would encourage you to get connected to the church of the living God today and that doesn't happen because you just sign some card or because you make some sort of verbal confession but we are ushered into the body of Christ according to the word of the Lord when we repent of our sins when we are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission or the washing away of all of those sins and when we are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. Just like it is instructed to us in the book of Acts, the second chapter and verse 38. For it's when we have been obedient to the gospel, which is the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, through our repentance and through baptism in his name and through being filled with his spirit, that we can then have the kind of hope that only God can give us. That we then can have the kind of peace that only the Lord can offer to us and that we then can have the confidence that this book has promised to the believer and that hope and that peace and that confidence is for everybody and the reason it's for everybody is because this salvation experience is for everybody for it does not matter who you are today, it doesn't matter your background today, it doesn't matter your history, your story, it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done where you're from, my friend God can forgive you of every single one of your sins and he can fill you with his spirit and his power and his love even right now. For the book says it like this in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And this promise is unto you and it is unto your children and it is to those that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call and I'm here to tell somebody he's still calling people today 
because he desires to fill you with his peace. He desires to fill you with his love, and he desires to fill you with his spirit. My wife and I have been praying for our church family. We love and appreciate you so very much. And I hope that each and every one of you have been praying one for another. But here's the thing. I want you to understand this very clearly, specifically in the times in which we live. The book says this in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. So now we need to get this. We need to understand what the book is saying here. We can pray. The church can pray. My wife and I can pray peace over the church. But if we as individuals do not keep our minds stayed on him, then it's biblically impossible for him to keep us in perfect peace. So yes, we are to use caution in how we live out our lives right now. But we need to make sure that our minds are stayed on him. We need to make sure that our minds are anchored on the peace-giving bedrock that can only be found and demonstrated by the word of the Lord. We need to guard our minds against every lie of the enemy during this time. We need to guard our minds against the spirit of anxiety and the spirit of fearfulness during this time. We need to guard our minds against the spirit of worry and against a spirit of trepidation. And I want you to know today, if you find yourself living in fear, bound by trepidation, bound by fear in in some form or fashion, then the answer to that is to get your mind on the Lord. Get your mind back on the word of the Lord. So I would say and I would suggest that instead of checking the news every five minutes to see the latest news about the coronavirus, I think we should shut off the TV for a little while and find a place to pray and talk to God. Instead of listening to every single speech from every single leader about the latest results of those who've been infected, I think we should shut all of that out for a space and time of our life and get into the word of the Lord and start reading what God has to say about this time. I'm not at all saying that we should not stay current with the news for we need to have information on what's going on. But what I'm simply saying is that we should make sure that we are seeking God greater during this time than we are seeking after the news of the epidemic. We need to be seeking after God greater than anything else that's going on in the world at this time. For the word of the Lord says this in John chapter 16 and verse 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me, Jesus says, in me you might have peace. You know where peace is going to come from? Jesus speaks it to us and he says, you're going to find peace in me. So it is only when we get in Christ that we're going to be able to find the peace that we need. It is only when we stay in Christ that we're going to be able to find the peace that we need in this time. And we do that through prayer. And we do that through getting into his word. If you believe that, say amen. So yes, yes. Unfortunately, we're not able to gather together 
today in our church building for service. But here's the revelation that I feel like God gave me as I was contemplating all of this and praying about all of this and trying to figure out the best direction for our church and how to be the church during this time. The revelation that I feel like God gave me is this. When you study out the recorded miracles of Jesus, of the miracles that Jesus performed in the Gospels, you'll find that there were roughly 40 miracles that are recorded that Jesus did in Scripture, 40 of them. Now, we know the Bible also says that if all of the miracles of Jesus were written in books, that all the world itself couldn't contain the books of all the miracles that Jesus did. And so we know that there were a lot more than 40 miracles, but there were only 40 miracles that were recorded that Jesus did. And what is interesting to me, in light of what we're experiencing in our day today, is the fact that out of those 40 miracles that are recorded, only three of them happened in what we would consider to be a church building. Of 40 miracles Jesus did, he only did three of them in a church building. So we see the vast majority of miracles that Jesus performed happened outside of a church building. Not only that, but when you come out of the Gospels and you get into the book of Acts, we find that there were roughly 20 specific miracles that happened to specific individuals. And then we read of 10 times when the Bible records that miracles happen to, to many people at once or, or to, to a group of people at once. So 20 miracles were recorded to specific people, 10 miracles recorded uh, to groups of people or to many people at one time. They were healed, delivered, set free, groups of them, many of them. And again, of all of those recorded miraculous moments in the book of Acts, only one of them took place in what we would consider to be a church building. Now listen, I'm not saying that it's against God's plan for us to gather together in a church building for service. For the Bible specifically tells us to assemble ourselves together for worship. But I do believe that this is showing us that it is God's will to perform the majority of his miraculous work outside of a church building. So with that being said, I've come to declare that what we're facing in our world today and the restrictions that are being placed upon us as a church today do not have the power to stop the miraculous harvest of souls that God has promised us as a church and as believers in the Lord. For if the majority of the miracles that happen in the Gospels and if the majority of the miracles that happen in the book of Acts happen outside of a church building, then I say that that is still to be the pattern for the New Testament church of which you and I are a part of on this day today. 
So I believe it's the will of God to, for the church to be the church during this time like we've never been the church before. For as we begin to walk in a boldness that we've never walked in before and as we become obedient to God's word in preaching the gospel and healing the sick, all of which God has spoken to us about in our yesterdays, I believe in preparation for this day even right now as we in the context of our own worlds begin to preach the gospel, begin to heal the sick as we begin to command the works of God's hands in the world in which we live, then I also believe it is the will of God for us to see greater miracles outside of these four walls. It's the will of God for us to see greater supernatural things outside of these four walls than anything we would ever see inside of this building. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. In fact, just in the last couple of weeks, a few of our ladies went to the Cook County Jail and they preached and they prayed and they sang and they witnessed one filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and many other lives changed and, 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 and that felt the power of the Holy Ghost upon them. And just this week, just a couple of days ago, a couple uh, from our church held a group Bible study with some guys. And one of those in attendance to that Bible study were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. The rest of them in that, in that Bible study felt the wonderful power and presence of God as they wept and cried in the presence of the Lord as he was giving them miraculous strength and encouragement that can only come from heaven. And my question is this. Did those things happen in this building? No. Those things didn't happen in this room. They happened outside of this building for the power of God. Ooh, it cannot be contained to a building. And the miraculous touch of the Lord cannot be contained in an edifice. The supernatural power of the Lord cannot be regulated inside the four walls of the church. And the reason is this, because the building is not the church. Steel and carpet and chairs is not the church. The church is every single one of you sitting on your couches, sitting on your chairs, watching your computer right at this moment. You are the church. Every single one of, every single Holy Ghost filled saint of God listening to me preach to you right now, you are the church. So wherever you go, the miraculous power of the Lord goes with you. Wherever you are, the power to heal every disease is even then present within you. Wherever you go, the power to bring about joy and true happiness in the lives of so many that are hurting is present. It is there because you are there and the presence of the Lord is within you. So even right now, Hallelujah, even right now where you are, the miraculous power of the Holy Ghost is at work within you. It is alive within you. The Holy Ghost power of God is at work now. Even in that living room where you are sitting, the supernatural power of God is at work in that living room. And I just believe, I just believe that even right now in your living room, in that kitchen, wherever you are, I just believe that someone can be healed by the power of the Holy Ghost that is there. I just believe that someone can be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost in your living room in the next few moments. I just believe that someone can be filled with God's presence right now in your home.
Oh, I need somebody to join with me in faith right now. I need somebody to join with me in faith that God can do it, uh, even in your living room, even in your home. We don't have to be sitting on the church pews. We don't have to come up to a church altar specifically on this day. But on this day, the church, the church, the church is in the living rooms and in the homes all across Chicagoland. And the church has the power to release the miraculous through you. Oh, hallelujah. If you believe that, and if you have faith to receive a touch from the Lord right now, I want you to lift your hands in your living room, wherever you're at right now. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. I want you to lift your hands right now. I want you to lift your hands, and I want you to close your eyes. Listen, if you're a guest in that home right now, if you're a friend in that home right now, maybe you're a neighbor that came because this person invited you, I'm here to tell you the power of the Lord can change your life. The power of the Lord can get a hold of you and do for you what nothing else has ever done for you before. You've been searching. You've been longing. You've been looking for something that is real, and it is not by accident that you're sitting in that living room right now. It is not by accident that you're watching this message right now. The holy God of all Israel and all space and all time has made it for you to be here and to listen to this word. And I'm encouraging you right now. I know you might not understand it all. This may be new to you. This may be foreign to you. But I'm simply asking you to lift your hands and close your eyes and just call out the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. Just lift your voice and just say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you in my heart. Jesus, I need you in my life. Jesus, I need a touch from you. God, I repent of every sin in my life. God, I don't want to live this way anymore, but from this moment on, I want to live for you. God, I need peace during this time. I need a hope during this time. God, I don't know where to turn. I don't know where to go. So I'm coming to you right now, God, because I need you so desperately in my life. I'm going to ask those that may be in that room, if you feel comfortable to do so and it's okay maybe lay a hand on a shoulder or something that whatever you feel comfortable doing but just lay your hand on them and begin to minister one to another even if it's husband and wife or children or parents or friends or family members that have gathered together I'm just going to ask you to begin to minister one to another and pray one for another because the power of God all across Chicagoland all across the homes of the people in our church is working and it's moving and God is touching lives right now come on that's it. Minister to somebody. Pray for somebody. Strengthen somebody. Be a conduit of God's love. Be a conduit of God's glory. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want you to continue to pray right now. We're going to cut the feet off here just shortly. We want, we, we want you to continue praying, and we want you to continue experiencing the wonderful presence of the Lord. I want you to be bold in the Holy Ghost in your living room as you minister one to another. Be bold in the Holy Ghost. Pray one for another in Jesus' name. God bless you today.